If you're rejoining us, we apologize for the pause and we'll get into that in a little bit. If you're joining us for the first time, welcome to Beyond the Buzzer. I'm Abu Del Katan and this is my co-host Sam Douglas. We launched this podcast actually a couple months ago with the intention of delving into how high-level athletes can better prepare themselves for life after sport, something that's very personal to both Sam and I. We started off in September and released a couple of episodes, I think seven was the total, and had some really exciting and engaging stories with some really high-level guests. And just as things were starting to take off, Sam and I paused for a couple months, which we understand is far from ideal. But the truth is, Sam and I are both Palestinian, and we both have ancestral, tangible ties to the land. And to get behind the camera or on the court or behind a computer screen while we were witnessing the generational genocide of our people became increasingly difficult. And while we understand that we have a responsibility and obligation to amplify Palestinian voices, for a while it just felt too difficult. Now I wanna make something clear. This episode will discuss just that. We'll talk about our experience, what it's been like and how we can all hopefully move forward and build a better future. What we won't discuss is the historical context behind this conflict. We also won't zero in and discuss this specific part of the conflict where over close to 30,000 Palestinians have been murdered and more journalists have been intentionally killed by the Israeli regime than in any other conflict. The reason we won't discuss those things is because the information is all there. What this episode will serve to do is hopefully resonate with those who are also suffering from what's going on, but also at the end, try and shed some light onto how we can be a little bit more optimistic and how we can all leverage our own pride in being Palestinian to create a better future. <laughs> with that all said, Sam, where were you when you first heard the news of October 7th and what was your reaction? I don't know where to start, to be honest with you, but let me go ahead and tell you exactly where I was on the basketball court. It was a Saturday. And I remember I was in the middle of a session and I'm just hearing everybody grabbing their phone, talking randomly, sharing things. And one of the athletes came and grabbed his phone and was like, look at this. And I'm like, what am I looking at? He was like, check this going on right now in Gaza. I'm like, what? I hope this was an attack on the Israeli soldiers. Um, because, you know, I still will feel bad if it was towards a lot of innocent Israelis at the end of the day. Although um, I'm not trying to take anything away from my Palestinian people, uh, but you know, you do feel bad as a, you know, as a human being, you don't want an innocent life to just uh, go for no reason. So I remember the session ended. I went and grabbed my phone and I was able to see everything that took place. And it was, I think it was at 3 p.m. my time here uh, when I was able to grab my phone and I was waiting for it to turn around at five so I can call my dad in the States and really get his point of view on it and get educated about it um, and really understand what inspired this event and really to understand it. Uh, from there, my emotions turned into what is the counter going to be? And that's when I started worried. Um, and I don't want to go into depth about that. Um, I want to ask you that question. I want to ask you, where were you? And how were your feelings on that day? For decades, our Palestinian pe people been dealt a very, very tough card. Uh, the way they've been living in the past 70 years has been extremely tough. Um, you know, my family had to immigrate to Jordan and then immigrate to the States because of that reason. So um, I was just worried for the Palestinian people on the retaliation from the Israeli military. So, uh, you know, till today, I'm still frustrated and sad. It's tough. I'm living with it every day. Uh, but, you know, I mean, like, 
it's hard. It's literally hard to live with it. Where were you on that day? Tell me about your feelings. I was, I was in Dubai. I was watching football. And funnily enough, even though a Zionist would never afford me this luxury, the first thing I thought was, I hope no one innocent was, was murdered. Yeah. Right. And it's a stark reminder that, you know, they're taught to hate us, but even though we're the ones subjugated, I, I felt really bad that, um, you know, there were probably people our age, younger that, that were, you know, the subject of these attacks. The second thing I thought was the question of Palestine is over. I thought a hundred percent given the, the strength of their media regime and their ability to sort of spin the narrative, they were going to completely crush the question of Palestine forever. And I thought we would have absolutely no hope of getting any international recognition, any international sympathy, and that they would carry out a very methodical, um, focused attempt to silence the Palestinian voice forever. What I did not think is that, and I, and I, I did think it was going to be a disproportionate response. I did think that many innocent Palestinians were going to be murdered as a result of this. I did not think it would reach the levels it did um, and the levels it still is right now, right? We're in the middle of January towards the end and, you know, day, like hundreds of Palestinians are being murdered per day. The next question I'll ask you is, I came back to Amman three days later to shoot the Fadi episode and to shoot an episode you and I. Correct. And at that time, I told you I didn't think it was right to continue shooting. You actually wanted to continue shooting. We ended up coming to a middle ground and saying, let's pause for now. Looking back, what do you think about that decision? And, and do you have any regrets? Regrets, no. But I strongly believe we should have spoke on it. Um, I believe me and you have a voice. And we have to use our voice wisely. And we have to make a difference. And this matter matters to a lot of people. We need to shine the light on all these Palestinians that they're losing lives, the children, the mothers, the fathers. Um, we need to be able to speak on their behalf. Um, they're fighting on the ground. Um, speaking about it right now, I get emotional um, because, you know, you look at your life, it's not fair. You know what I mean? I was able to make it out of there. My parents were able to make it out of there. Why they didn't make it out of there? Why are they losing their lives? Um, and if I feel maybe God got me out of there, got my parents out of there, um, for us to be able to give the Palestinian people a voice in who am I to worry about my position of the name that I built and lose a sponsor, lose maybe a job because I don't want to speak on this topic. Screw that. It's bigger than that. And I will always speak on any injustice regardless what the outcome is going to be, me losing a salary, losing a sponsor, losing whatever. No. Um, it. Our voice matters, and we need to go ahead and speak up on it. And I am not mad about it. I've learned a lesson, and if that opportunity presents itself, I'm going to speak on it again because whoever knows Sam Douglas knows he always speaks on any injustice that he sees, regardless if it's sports-related, inhuman-related, whatever. I'm going to speak on it. Yeah, I'll tell you what. So it wasn't so much that I was worried about the feedback of what happens when two proud Palestinians speak out in favor of Palestinians. I've been speaking out since I was 11 years old. I've got people that I've known my entire life that know my stance on this. I come from an extremely Palestinian family, just like you do, a family of philanthropists that have done so much. So speaking out was never my worry. It was just that I didn't want to convolute what we were trying to build with this podcast with a political stance. And then I also was worried about going on and trying to take an educational perspective when there are people better suited 
um, to speak about that than us, right? This podcast is about trying to create an identity for for athletes outside of sports. And I feel like had we gone on on like October 12th or 13th and just started talking about, you know, today this many people died, like I didn't know if that was the right decision to take. Now, I do think that there is merit in what you're saying that we are Palestinian and we should amplify our voices at the time and we should speak up at the time and maybe we missed an opportunity to to get on air and, and talk about what was happening. But I think now we can at least speak about things from a perspective of we've sat and we've watched and we've let Israel show the world its true colors, right? It's undeniable now what we what Palestinian people have been going through for decades, right? What we're seeing now, despite it being the most aggressive instance of attacks against Palestinian culture, it is no it's not new for what our people have been going through. And I think had we gone on a couple of days after, it would have been difficult to make that point. But I do hear you and I do hear the, 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 I felt like a snake when we weren't speaking about it. I'll give you that. And I felt very much like, are we turning our back on our people and are we taking the easy ones out? Because I'm sitting there and I'm, you know, my mental health is being affected because I'm seeing stuff on camera, but I'm not there. I'm not on the ground. And part of me was like, you know, maybe Sam is right. Maybe we should get on. Yeah. How do you feel um, the world has viewed this whole thing. Do you feel that there's a change developing from seeing how the US, Europe, and other countries, how the people are standing against or with? What are your thoughts on that? So in any in any conflict, the result's always polarization to both sides, right? If you're on one side, you're probably gonna go more towards the right. If you're on the left, you're gonna go more towards the left. What has changed is the middle ground shifting more in our favor, undeniable. Um, a lot of people have taken it upon themselves to do actual research and understand the not only the historical context, but understand that a lot of what Israeli media puts out is instantly debunked by credible international news sources. So I think public opinion has absolutely shifted in our favor. That doesn't matter as much as I would like it to, um, but I'm also not going to sit here and and bitch about it because it's the first time we have sympathy from the rest of the world. And I don't want people's sympathy, right? I want people to understand that we have so much to offer as Palestinians. We've contributed so much to history. Um, well, yeah, and, and we, we are seeing it, right? We are seeing it with what's happening in the International Court of Justice. And who knows if that'll materialize. The fact that these things are happening has changed. Now, if you look at history, all empires crumble from within and 100% the cracks are starting to show within Zionism. And again, I don't want to get too much into the actual facts about it, but it's a good question. And, and it's a good segue to my next question. So what's been most difficult for you about this entire period? Because for me, it's 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 a couple of things. Um, dealing with it on a daily basis. Um, dealing with um, seeing my parents affected on a everyday basis. I mean, you know, my mom watches the news all day. Um, when I talk to her, our first 10, 15 minutes, we're talking about the Palestinian people. When is it going to end? Uh, how is this even possible? Like, where's everybody at? And that's the frustrating part. Like, when is it going to end? We're over 100 days into this and the killing is not stopping and there's nobody taking any action. So that's been the toughest thing. Do I stop? Do What do I do? How do I help? What's next? And that is very, very hard for a guy like myself that likes to help, likes to feel like he is part of a change and willing to help. Sometimes I feel I find myself helpless. I really do. And I uh, look at my phone and I'm like, what do I do? Um, other than sharing light on the issue and making people that are not aware of the situation aware, what else can I do? And that is extremely hard, Abudi. I'm honest with you. Like, I really feel helpless and I feel like sometimes, excuse my language, like a coward. 
like, Sam, what are you doing? Like, so many of you people are dying. So many kids. I have two of my own. I have a four-year-old and seven-year-old. And I look at them every night and I put them to sleep. Why are they in my hands? Why do I get to read a story to them every night? And why are the rest don't in Gaza? Like, how is it fair? But I'm always trying to figure out what is my role in this fight? And until today, is it me maybe talking about it? Uh, sharing it with my non-Palestinian friends? Maybe that that is part of the war. Maybe that is part of the fight. You know what I mean? Not all of us could be on ground fighting. You know what I mean? Uh, for us to educate people, for us to build an empire, to provide more jobs, provide more opportunity. You know what I mean? I think we need to look at it in a variety of different ways rather than just thinking the aggressive fight on the ground way. You know what I mean? So that is the struggle that I've been struggling with day in and day out. What do I do? What is next? I think you articulated what a lot of us have been feeling for a long time. And and when we wrap up this section of the of the episode, I'll get into how I think we can all make a difference. But um, I sat and I thought for a long time, like, what's been the hardest part about it? Beyond the obvious, you know, the helplessness and the and the feeling of despair when you see things on. Like, I mean, again, we we go through nothing compared to what those on the ground are going through. But there's some stuff I've seen on Instagram and Twitter that I, I think I'll never forget, right? And it's just images that I don't even want to, to, to describe. But I've got a couple of things I wrote down that have, have been particularly frustrating for me. So the first would be the response from our respective sectors. So sports and tech. And maybe I'll let you go in on, on sports. But for me, in tech and venture capital, the response has been abysmal and actually disgusting. And... To dial it back a little bit, like when you work in venture, your job is to look at things from as many different perspectives. When you have like a thesis, try and poke holes in it, do your job to actually understand every different perspective, and then come to a conclusion with a mixture of fact and also intuition. And you have guys at reputable institutions, and they go off and they retweet and they like complete propaganda and they incite hate. And it's like, your job is to look at things from so many different perspectives and to try and come to a conclusion based on fact. And I'm all okay with having people having different like perspectives. You need discourse. You need to understand multiple sides. But these guys who are so representative of technology in the future are posting revolting things. I mean, the chief research officer at, at, uh, at um, Sam Altman's company at OpenAI was tweeting more, let them all die, right? These are people in positions of power who have access to information, who continue to spread hate. And for me, that's been the biggest issue. Number one is like, this is an industry I work in. These are companies that I'm supposed to look up to. And the people running these companies are, are pathetic, quite frankly. And like, I use that word lightly. Like that's probably the, the, the kindest way I can describe them. So that's number one. Number two has been glaring double standards. So if I say from the river to the sea, then it's genocidal. If Netanyahu says it, then Israel, uh, America stops $14 billion in their face to, to continue the genocide. Um, that for me is, is it's been going on for a long time, but I think it's been completely taken to a new level now and it's infuriating. And I'll say the last thing for me and probably the, the most, the thing that's affected me the most is the sy systemic efforts to combine Judaism and Zionism when they couldn't be further apart. And to be Jewish is actually to, to, you know, resent Zionism. And I have so many Jewish friends that are so bravely speaking out and so 
openly against what's going on, but you have, again, people in power trying to weaponize that religion to create fear, to then bring more people to the, to the side of the Zionists when those two things couldn't be more different. And while it is encouraging to see so many people, so like, for example, Jewish Voice for Peace in America has more Instagram followers than the IDF, right? So things are changing. Montez Aziza, the, the photographer that risked his life that actually today evacuated, has more followers than Joe Biden. And these might sound like arbitrary stats, but they're not, right? It shows a, a shift in... in in favor. But when when people try to use religion for a political cause, it infuriates me because I can understand why someone would hear that and get fearful and jump to the side. We've been lucky that a lot of Jewish people have stood up for us, and it has been the case for a long time, and it is more so now than ever. But to see people try and weaponize religion is, has really been infuriating. I have a question for you. Are you disappointed with, it, with some players that chose not to speak on it? Honest opinion. Big names that have they know their voice can matter. Do you look at it like, hey, maybe they want to fight their war, this war in another way, or maybe they're doing something behind the scene that we don't know about? Or do you feel like they have to use their voice? There are a couple of people in sports that I would have liked to hear from, especially considering in 2021, a lot, a lot of, especially, specifically football players, were, were more, more pro-Palestinian and, and vocally pro-Palestinian. It's funny, though, because only athletes are expected to, like, in the words of what was LeBron was told, shut up and dribble, right? If you're, if you're an actor, if you're, if you're big in tech, you're allowed to have a perspective. You're encouraged to have a perspective. But if you're an athlete, it's like, shut up and play your sport. And I think the more people that are courageous, like Jalen Brown, like Kyrie Irving, like Anwar Al-Ghazi, who, who got suspended and now a football player was playing in Germany, that speak up then the more are going to feel comfortable speaking up. I mean, let's not like forget Kyrie Irving's one of the greatest players. Jalen Brown is the highest paid player in the NBA. So for those guys to take a stance, it's indicative that things are starting to change. That said, it's a dog eat dog world. You got to do what you got to do to protect your bag and protect your check and protect your family. And as much as it pains me when people don't speak out, I'm not going to waste my energy being mad about that. Because one, you never know if someone's doing something behind the scenes. And two, even if they're not like, Really, like, we care a lot about the Palestinian issue because we're Palestinian. And, you know, for example, when, when Russia invaded Ukraine, like, I cared, but I wasn't posting every day like I am now. So it'd be hypocritical for me to expect everyone else to do the same thing as we're doing. And that's, like, the most authentic answer I can give is that, like, it pains me, but you got to hold yourself to the same standards you hold other people. I don't think you can get mad when people don't take a stance. You can be, like, upset and disappointed in your idols, whatever. But ultimately, like, the only people that are going to drive change is us as Palestinians, and we need to come together like we have now more than ever. Not only Palestinians, Arabs, people who resonate with the cause. No, that's fair. Uh, I'm just, I, I, I just wanted to get your perspective on it just because I'm always around a variety of different people. And then at the same time, I'm always reading on social media why I like this athlete not speaking. And I've had the same view as you. Like, we don't know what he's doing behind closed doors. Uh, maybe he's the type that wants to do everything without being in the public. So... We can't judge them just off of that. And like you said, you have to protect your brand and maybe, like you said, your bag and your paycheck because maybe that paycheck is part of the fight eventually by you donating and helping in other ways. 100%. So I agree with you on that. But again, and, and maybe this is a good segue into, into maybe the end of this section of the episode is things are changing and there is a lot we can do. And while the feeling of hopelessness is something that I think a lot of people resonate with, what I've found recently is that 
anyone with any kind of passion can make a difference. So I'll give you an example. For you, it might be just training Palestinian kids, going out of your way to find kids that are either Palestinian, that are coming from Palestine for a weekend, train them, get them in the gym, have them working on the game, have them working on their mentorship. And that's in the works, by the way. We have already reached out and that's in the works. Good. Yeah. For me, it can be mentoring Palestinian startups, Correct. right? What I do on a daily basis, combine it with my passion for, for being Palestinian, my pride in being Palestinian, and, and you can make a difference. And I'm not gonna lie, it felt pretty good to, to get that off my chest. Sam, we're back. Walk me through what made you realize, you know, it's time to, to relaunch. Um, I really believed our voice mattered. I really believed the guests that we had already made a difference uh, for people to hear their journey and their advice and everything that they were talking about. I think we were inspiring people and motivating people. And this is what why we started the show. And uh, I remember in the past three months, me and you've been going back and forth. Like, we can't wait to get back into it. Me too. I think... I think also part of it was to relaunch. I really wanted to do an in-person episode. I wanted to be here at the same place as you. And I think, you know, our audience will figure out the rest of our episodes are going to be held via Zoom and there's going to be a new content, a new structure. But I felt it was really important for us to come together in person and have this conversation, right? We haven't actually spoken up until now about the conversations we had about I wanted to pause, you wanted to keep going. And I think I purposely didn't ask you those questions when we were speaking on the phone as we geared up for this relaunch because I wanted to have an authentic conversation on, you know, why we paused and how we didn't really agree on that, but we ultimately came to a conclusion together because we, you know, we're teammates at the end of the day. And I think it's been difficult because month one of the pause, I didn't even want to get behind the camera. Then November rolls around and I'm starting to feel like I said a bit of a snake that we're not talking about it. The last month has been difficult. I've been quite apprehensive. Even today, it took me like four times to shoot the intro because I was just so nervous. But at the end of the day, I think obviously everything happens for a reason. We're here now for, for a reason and, and there's a lot to look forward to. The people out there need our voice and need the stories and that we're going to be sharing. And we have amazing guests lined up. I mean, I'm super excited. I cannot wait. Me neither. Me neither. But with that all said, it's been a pleasure to see you again, Sam. It's been a pleasure to be back. And I'm really excited for what's, what's in store for the rest of season one. Right. I can't wait, baby, to be back and get that next episode. Yeah. <laughs>